Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Throws up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed out. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh. Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper! Cody Ellis, bang! Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. This might be our biggest ever show in terms of things to talk about, Cody, so we'll get straight into it, and it's good to have you back, first of all. Mm. So we're, we're here thanks to Hoops Heaven, and we're fresh off in a remarkable finish from the Perth Wildcats to beat Melbourne United to close round 10 in the NBL, and that was just 24 hours after the Tasmania Jack Jumpers had the most, in, most incredible of finishes against the Sydney Kings as well. The day before that, we had a double overtime for the Cairns Taipans against the Laura Hawks. Two really big wins for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Plenty of drama for us to talk about, Cody. We'll get to our Player of the Year award with Matty Knight. Damo Award for the Best Defensive Player with Damian Martin. The Galen Best Team Man with Scott Ninnis. That looks like a pretty jam-packed show, Cody. Yeah. But first of all, I'm Chris Pike, and it's good to have you back. How are you feeling? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, better now. So, uh, yeah, apologies for missing last week, but... Uh COVID knocked me on me on my ass and uh, I was uh, not up to it. So, uh, no, good to be back, man. And uh, like you said, lots to talk about. And as we talked about, it's very hard to record a podcast if your voice isn't holding up. Yeah. But your second bout of COVID, did you did you survive it all right? Oh, only just. <laughs> no, this one uh, this one hit me a lot worse than the first time. Mm. First time I just had the sniffles and mm. then that's what I expected this yeah. time and uh, wasn't the case. But, uh, yeah, happens and over it now, which is great. Now, last time we did a show, we talked about how Lauren had just come down with COVID yeah. and you were hoping to avoid it and your mother-in-law had just arrived. Um, two weeks later, um, how's her trip going? Because hopefully COVID hasn't ruined it too much. No, it uh, certainly did for the first week and a half, mm. um, all cooped up inside, but no, it's good now. Out and about and doing all the touristy things mm -hmm. that Lauren and I really haven't done a whole lot of yeah. um, anyway. So it's uh, no, it's been really good. It's been really good. Especially for Lauren, is she seeing places around here that she's never seen before? Yeah, so I went to the Frio prison over the weekend, mm. and I mean that's something I haven't done since primary school, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, little bits and pieces, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and kind of just looking at looking at all the like I said touristy stuff, mm. and uh, Lauren's loving it as well. Plenty to talk about on a basketball front as well, Cody. So let's get straight into it. We're here thanks to Hoop7, of course. And if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, head to Hoop7 in the Perth City if you get the chance. Or you might just be able to still get your orders in for Christmas if you head to hoop7.com.au. Give it a go anyway. Yeah, Jason and his team will, will do their best to get it <laughs> get it out get it out to you. You you won't be spoiled with choices, but we're not spoiled in terms of shortages of things to talk about either, Cody. And before we go through this list of talking points, have you ever seen a more remarkable way to finish three games than we saw three days in a row? So double overtime for the Cairns Taipans against the Illawarra Hawks, and then we saw 
Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they looked dead and buried against the Sydney Kings, and then they finished off that game, I think it was 26-4, to four, mm-hmm. to end up winning that grand final rematch. And then Monday night, the Perth Wildcats were dead and buried, eight points down, and they found a way to win the game against Melbourne United. Corey Webster on the buzzer. Um, we will talk in depth about them shortly, but quite remarkable what we're seeing right now. It was just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel those games as... Bit baffling, really. Um, you know, the double overtime with with Cairns and the Hawks was a really good game. Um, always good to get some free basketball yes. as well. But one of those games where Cairns probably should have buried them and just didn't. Mm. Um, Hawks came out and played really well. Mm. Um, and then Tassie just doing what they do and just yeah. being relentless all game, and it just it just shows and and rocking the Kings. And then yeah, like you said, some some heroics late last night. Mm. Uh, Toddy Blanchfield hitting a big three and getting mm-hmm. the end one and then trying to make the free throw but <laughs> yeah. missing it perfectly yes, and yes. it falling into his hands and, and Corey being the hero in his, uh, in his 250th, yep. um, which was uh, a, a fairly fairy, uh, fairy tale ending for him. And, yeah, wild, wild way to end round 10. It absolutely, absolutely was. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is that all of a sudden we talked two weeks ago about how we thought the Kings and the Breakers were a fair way ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can say that anymore. No, not at all. Not at all. I think the Kings sitting at 10 and 4 are lucky to be sitting there. Mm. Um, could very easily be 8 and 6 mm. and, and middle of the pack Yeah, um, with, with those two game-winning shots um, in those few weeks. But they've just – they look so good for three quarters mm. in this round, both games. They look yep. so good for three quarters and then just kind of fall asleep at yeah. three-quarter time and forget to come <laughs> out in the fourth. Um, and New Zealand – Again, they've just kind of taken that step backwards, mm. I think. Defensively, they're still, for mine, the best defensive team in the yep. league. Um, but just offensively, they seem to have fallen from the wayside a little mm. bit. Mm. Um, I don't know what it is or if their movement's not the same or if they're just kind of going through the motions. Mm. But, yeah, the, it's uh, it's certainly a bit of a closer league now than we thought you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll get into all of that action shortly. I want to get your thoughts on... A bit of a talking point, though, Cody. It's been across both the NBA and the NBL, but I think it's a different different discussion just because of the way the leagues operate. Um, what's your take on if a game's a blowout, yep. if a team should continue to take their, their points available at the end of the game, mm. or should you dribble out the clock? What What's your take on it? Look, I do think it depends on the league. Um, yep. We saw Zion do it mm. uh, against Phoenix, and a couple of those boys <laughs> yeah. had something to say to him. Mm. Um, but, I mean, look, that's like he said in the press conference after like mm. they sent us home last year and it was yeah. a bit of an exclamation point and mm. proven that he's back and he's yeah. here and it was a heck of a <laughs> 360 windmill that he threw it, it was but it's interesting isn't it because it actually doesn't count for anything no but if you do it in the nbl it like, like simon mitchell said after his game it could be the difference between where you finish on the ladder or making playoffs at all it, it is and every single point counts mm. and i think that needs to be something that is brought up to imports coming in now, tyler johnson has Doubled down on it as well. He yeah. said that he wants to continue to call people out that do it. Does yeah. he need to understand that in the in, in the, it's it's I think both the Australian culture, but also the fact that percentage plays such a big yeah. part in the NBL. Does he does him and other imports need to understand that that's just the way it's played here? And I think it I think it has to be. Yeah, it is. It is. It's how it's played. And you know, he obviously had a problem with I think it was McVay. Jack McVeigh yeah. in, in transition with three seconds left or whatever yeah. it was, but. You do. You have to understand that those three points could be the difference between Brisbane being in the mm. six at the end of the year mm-hmm. or not in the six. For sure. And especially for those guys, yep. they need to play to the mm. final siren. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, that's just part of Aussie culture, really. He's yep. playing to the very end anyway. Yep. But it's it's just part of this league. Percentage mm-hmm. plays a massive part in where, where you finish in the in the yep. ladder. And they do. They need to understand it, you know. I, I get you come from the NBA and all that and that doesn't matter and that doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a sign of disrespect. Yep. It's not how it is here. Yep. And you're down here now. This yep. is the league. Like, you need to accept that that is it. Mm. So it's yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but you you do you need to finish finish the game out, and whether it's you not playing defense in the last mm. thirty seconds because it's already fifteen points, yep. doesn't matter. Yep. There's still still time on the clock. You need to play it out. Yeah, we've seen teams make and miss playoffs based on points difference in the end of the game. We've yeah. seen games in that final round come down to how much you need to win a game by mm-hmm. <laughs> to to make the playoffs. And I just like what Simon Mitchell said afterwards. He said that he knows that. You know, guys think it's cool to dribble out the clock, but he would much rather be playing playoffs unfashionably than yeah. not playing at all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when late in games and you've got young guys in there, yep. right? So the last, some teams wait until the last minute, even mm. though it's a 20-point game, to get mm. their young guys in there. Mm. When they get out there, you want them to get on the board. You want them to score. Yep. You don't want them to grab rebound and then go dribble it in the corner for mm. 23 seconds. Well, you don't learn dri- anything from that. No, yeah. no. Like, Great, you got on the court, but you know you don't get anything out of that. You want them to go in and, and feel part of it and attack the rim and show them what they can do. And that's probably the highlight of Junior Madut's career so yeah. far, that three-pointer that he got found on as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's it's for the young guys as well. Um, so, look, I, I don't think it should be a debate. Played a little final siren. Have you ever had an import that has taken it to that point where they've felt like playing in the NBL at the end of games, has been disrespectful. Does anyone stand out? Not really. No, no, not off the top of my head. Mm. Um, yeah, it's never really been too much of an issue in in games that I've played. I think it was Gar- was it Gary Irvin that took offence to yep. Greg Hire at yep. started a brawl at Perth Arena. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh yeah, that was yeah, that was probably the boiling point because yeah. there was plenty of other stuff going yes. on between that. But uh, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get into what we saw on the court. Cody, because there's plenty to talk about. Let's start Monday night at RAC Arena because Melbourne United, finally for the first time all season, were at full strength and they yeah. played well to beat the Brisbane Bullets on Saturday. They just look a completely different team with Shea Ely mm-hmm. in, in the lineup and having Xavier Radden Mays then able to come back and play that backup role and as a scorer without having to, you know, um, have the ball in his hands a lot. They looked a totally different team. And then after a slow start in Perth, they dominated that game and as we as we talked about, they just dominated that fourth quarter, and I think Radden Mays at one point had eleven straight points, yeah. and they were they were up by eight with forty five seconds to go, and then mm-hmm. still up five with ten seconds to go. The unlosable position. Yeah. How did they lose it? Oh, just choked it away. It was it was all them. Yep. You know, everything that needed to go right for Perth did, mm-hmm. and they made they took advantage of it all. Um, you know, I I think that. Cats came out of the block, obviously. Mm. They they were up 24 to 10 mm. and then really came and put his whole bench on. Yes. And then all of a sudden there was a, I think it was 22 to 22 3. 22 to 3 from that yeah, point. 22 yeah. to 3 run for Melbourne and they didn't look backwards yeah. until the last yeah. 45 seconds. But just struggling to get it inbounds on the sideline, mm. passing it straight to, I think it was Shea Ely, mm. letting Travers long mm. arms come in, get a steal. Mm. Um you know, you got, you got to lead him onto the ball there. You can't just stand there and wait no, for it. Yeah. No, but it was just shocking. There was not a whole lot of movement. No, well, they were lucky to get it in before the five-second violation. That was violation. about seven seconds. <laughs> yeah. that, was, uh, that was a five-second count, if ever I've seen a five-second count. But then it's just, you know, they go down. I'm not sure what kind of defense they were doing. Mm. Shea was kind of 
just in no man's land on the defensive end and goes into Todd Blanchfield and he turns around and gets under his feet and won three. You just let him take the shot. Because if he makes a three-point shot, it doesn't really hurt you that much. Yeah. The only way they have a chance is if you foul him. Yeah, but I don't understand it because Tucker was... I mean, it wasn't even a a screen. Todd was on the opposite block and just came straight up to the top. But Tucker was following him and then the ball went in and Shea kind of turned around and Tucker ran away and... It, I'm, I'm not quite sure what their defensive schemes mm. are there, but I'm sure that wasn't it. <laughs> no. um, but then you're right. He just let him take the shot and mm. got under his feet because he was out of position to start with yeah. and, and won three. And then you could see Todd turn around and ask, really, mm. should I miss this? Mm. I would have tried to make it yeah. because it turns it to a one-point game. I think Fair, he did try to make it. He did. 100% <laughs> tried to make yes. it, like you could see. If he tried to miss that, it wouldn't have gone as perfectly as mm. it did for them. Yes. But you could see on the block out after that, Rattan Mays, instead of going and blocking out the shooter and Todd, mm. just basically ran straight under the rim. Mm. All of a sudden, you know, ball bounced off the back of the rim. RAC Arenas, they're, they're a bit stiff yeah. and that ball bounces like that a lot, yeah. which is why you'd see teams come in and not be able to shoot mm. real well there. It's amazing those rims have never loosened up over yeah. 10 years. I know, I know. I think they must tighten them <laughs> before every game. But uh, And then, yeah, it just falls straight into Todd's hands. He didn't move. He didn't move off the foul line. You know, he might have taken a little step to the right, and mm. that's about it. Yep. Turn around, hand it to Webster, wide open, nails it. Yep. Nails it, and it's just, yeah, Melbourne lost it. You yeah. know, and, and all credit to Perth for taking advantage of everything that Melbourne mm. handed back to them. Mm. Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible finish. It's amazing that it happened on an offensive rebound because, again, this weekend, the Wildcats, they couldn't rebound the basketball no. both against Adelaide and Melbourne. They ended up being two wins, but they were out-rebounded 90-67. to 67. I think Melbourne had 19 offensive rebounds mm. on Monday night. Then they win on an offensive rebound. But can they still go somewhere this season unless they fix their rebounding? No, they need to fix it. They have to fix it. You know, teams come in and their eyes light up. Mm. You know, you could see Melbourne had an emphasis on offensive rebounding. And that's what teams are going to do. And mm. at, at this point, it's hard because teams come in knowing that they can rebound against mm. you. And it's, like I've said before, it's it's, a, it's all effort, but you need to be able to box your man out and go get it still. Mm. Teams coming in thinking, oh, it's going to just be an easy night on the O boards. Yeah. And it, it happens because, yeah. you know, you just come in with confidence. Yeah. And Mitch McCarron had nine against yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's your point guard. Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, it's just they need to fix it. They they really need to fix it, and it needs to happen sooner rather than later because it's starting to get to the pointy end already. Yeah. Um, last thing on the Wildcats. What are your thoughts on Corey Webster? We didn't get the chance of talking about him last week on the back mm-hmm. of what he did going back to back to New Zealand, and then he comes back and after being such a villain for the Red Army for <laughs> such of his such a long period of his career, he's, he's probably now their their number one hero this yeah. this week. Um. What are your thoughts on Corey being able to do that in his 250th game? Oh, it's really good to see. It's mm-hmm. good to see. And just ever since that New Zealand game, his confidence has just skyrocketed. Um, you saw him inserted into the starting lineup last night, and mm-hmm. I think that's where he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see him coming off the bench. He just doesn't feel comfortable, I don't no. think, as much as he said he was going to embrace it. And I think he tried, yep. but I just think some guys, especially with a guy of his calibre mm-hmm. who has started his whole career and been yep. the main focal point, it's it's hard to change that up, mm. right? So he probably wasn't really used to it and he came out a bit lacklustre. Mm. Um, you know, you're used to something and then all of a sudden it changes. It, it can mess with your 
rhythm and momentum mm. and, and your confidence. And I think we've seen that a bit to start the season. Yeah. So for him to come out and, and do what he's been doing since that New Zealand game, I think is, uh, is really good. And then to be able to hit the game winner in front of your home fans mm. or home fans. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, in, you know, your 250th is huge for him. And I think if him and Bryce can, can keep doing what they're doing, then all mm. of a sudden Perth become tough. Clearly Melbourne look a lot better this weekend with their full squad available, but they're still coming from a long way back. I mean, they're now 6-11. and 11. Mm-hmm. Is that loss going to be the one that potentially cost them a playoff spot? Yeah, I think that that was a must win for them. Mm. And they would have come in with all the confidence in the world, winning nine of the last ten, I think it was. Yeah, they'd won seven in a row yeah. in Perth. Yeah. So they kind of cracked the code a bit in Perth. And like I said, they would have come in with confidence and – they should have won it. Really, they should have won that. Yeah. So that one's got to hurt. That one's really got to hurt. And you're right, I think that that could be the one that really just puts a damper on their season yeah. um, at the end of the year. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they, they're they an incredible team. I mean, they just find ways to stay in a contest and then when it's on the line, they just know how to just finish it. it. They just get it done. And they were, they were dead and buried. 14 mm-hmm. points down to start the fourth quarter against the Sydney Kings. Xavier Cooks was dominating, dominating that game up until that point. I mean, his finish to the third quarter was was incredible and just as a passer. Mm. But then the Jack Jumpers just know how to turn it, turn it up when it matters. I mean, 26-4 to four they finished that game. Milton Doyle and Jack McVeigh were were inspirational. But what they did to the Kings to, to make the Kings look damn ordinary in that yeah. last eight minutes was was just, just something to, to behold. I mean, from both points of view, what did you... What did you make of it? Yeah, look, I think, and it's been a bit of a talking point on social media right now, is Milton Doyle being in the MVP race. Yep, yep. I think he's certainly stuck his hand up to be a mm-hmm. talking point in that yeah. in that conversation. Mm. I think it makes it hard that it's only been the last couple of rounds that he's really mm-hmm. been a standout for mm. them. But he's been unbelievable. Yep. He's been so good. He's so talented and it's really cool to see because this was kind of the... Um, asterisk on this team is who's going to be their go-to guy mm. like Adams was last mm. year. Mm. Who who can be that that guy? And he's yeah. definitely stuck his hand up. Completely different demeanour. He's, oh, he's not the outgoing, no. screaming type that Josh Adams was. No. But boy, does he get the job done. Yeah, he does. And it's, gosh, that uh, that little snatchback three he hit mm. was tough. Yeah. And that was pretty. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen it so many times. Tazzy just grind away. They just grind away, mm. grind away. It doesn't matter if they're up 20, down 20. They play the exact same way. Yeah. And it just wears on teams. And, mm. you know, we saw it early in the season when Melbourne United shot 50-40-90 mm. and they still <laughs> somehow yes. came out and beat yeah, them. Yeah. So That was Milton Doyle again down yeah, the stretch in that Yeah, game. it was. And they've just got big-time players that know how to play in those big moments. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. It is really cool to see because... Really, they are a fairly young team across the board. Mm. And everyone is just really calm and composed in those big moments. And, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, led by Doyle and, mm. and McVeigh as well, who's really stuck his hand up this year oh, and, yeah. and uh, has been awesome for them. We were concerned about how Will Magnate would fit back in, but I, I actually like them with him in yeah. the lineup. He seems to be setting, settling in nicely and having more of an impact each game he plays. Yeah, definitely. He hasn't come in and been like, give me the ball. Yeah. Um, he's he's slotted in nicely. He's slowly getting his feet again. 
Um, and he just gives them that different presence mm. and someone that they can throw the ball at the rim and tell them yeah. to go get it, um, yeah. which is a, a bit of what they've been missing. Mm. Um, so it's it's really good to see and it is a bit of a surprise that he's fit in so seamlessly because mm. we both certainly had our doubts with well, that. Yeah. Touched on the Sydney Kings. Tell me your thoughts on what happens to them in fourth quarters oh. right now. They fall asleep in three-quarter time, don't they? <laughs> Goodness yeah. me. It's just, I, I mean... We saw Buford. He, well, he's fully aware of it. He's, oh, yeah. he's very frustrated by it. Well, that's it. And, you know, for three quarters, they look like far and away the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having conversations with Dad as well, he said the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, during the Tassie game, he sent me a message. He was like, well, Sydney just look unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And then half an hour later <laughs> when the game was over, he just sent me a message saying, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it is. It's, it's really crazy that they can – I understand it from game to game if you're up and down a bit and inconsistent. But to have it happen in a game is is really strange for a team that's this good. They can be unbelievable, look unstoppable. Like there's no way of you stopping them. The only way that you're going to stop them is hope that they miss a shot. Mm. And then even defensively, they, they look decent, you know, because mm. they're long and athletic and they've got younger guys that, that have bought in. And, and then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, I don't know what happens. They just kind of fall asleep and mm. think, oh, game's over, we're good. You know, and you saw it against New Zealand. They had nine points and nine turnovers <laughs> yeah. in the fourth quarter. And and even the last time they played the breakers before that, they'd almost yeah. blew it in yeah. the fourth quarter as they well. They did. They did. And it's just, you can't do that in this league, mm. obviously, like we've seen. You know, mm. they, they kind of got lucky against New Zealand and mm. were good enough for those three quarters to, mm. to be far enough ahead that it didn't hurt them as much as it did against Tassie. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, they... If if they want to be legitimate title contenders again, they've got to fix that fourth quarter because it's uh, it's been an odd thing for Sydney this year. Mm. You know, start of the year was their free throws, mm-hmm. couldn't make a damn free yeah, throw. Yeah. Um, I think they've turned the corner a little bit on that, yeah. but now they've got to fix this fourth quarter mm. because I mean that's going to really come in and bite them uh, later on. You talked about big time players before as well. I love what DJ Hogue is doing for the Cairns Taipans, and yeah. he didn't have a great start to the game against the Illawarra Hawks, but boy, when it mattered the most in the game that ended up going to two overtimes, I always feel like the bigger the moment or the tougher the shot, the more likely he is to yeah, make it. He 100%. just seems to live for that for that big moment. Um, the Taipans were probably lucky to escape with that double overtime win against the Hawks, but yeah, I just love the way Hogue's stepping up, and you know, you got to credit the Hawks for being able to bounce back from that 39-point loss, mm. and they were probably unlucky not to win, but... Yeah, I mean, what did you make of make of that one? He might be one of my favourite players in the league this mm-hmm. year. Just kind of goes about his business. It's it's odd to see because he does go missing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't seem like that kind of guy that will go into a huddle and be like, oh, I need a shot. Yeah, You know, it's kind of just he'll take what comes to him, mm-hmm. which I, I actually really like, especially mm-hmm. in an import. Mm-hmm. But you're right, the... The bigger the moment, the more chance he's got to make that shot. <laughs> yeah. Because he can be wide open all game and go over five or mm-hmm. six, and then you shoots a tough step back over yeah. a you know six ten guy mm-hmm. guarding him, and it's yep. cash. <laughs> yeah. Nearly every single time, that's cash. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. But uh, I just love the way he goes about it, and he's uh, he's certainly something that you know, Cairns has, has lent on late in games, mm-hmm. and he's come through. Are you sold on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix yet? They're, they're looking pretty good at 10 and 6. They mm. 
They won their two games in round 10 against the Hawks and the 36ers by 57 points. I think mm. getting Joe Chi back could be the last piece of their puzzle that gives them yep. that extra bit of size with a seven-footer there. Um, are you sold on them yet, though? No. They need to beat some of the top teams. Mm. They've had a fairly good little run, mm-hmm. um, which has probably worked out for them, getting their team back together slowly, mm. um, playing some of these lesser teams and, well, beating up on some of these lesser teams. And we're seeing that they can be a legit contender this year, but I don't think they've played Sydney at all this year yet. No, they haven't. Um, you know, they've, they've probably still got to play New Zealand, I assume. No, they've, they've played them twice. They finished their series with New Zealand. Okay. But they've still got, yeah, Sydney three times to go, yep. Tasmania twice to go, yep. and Cairns twice to go. Well, that's it. And that's, you know, three of the, top, the top four teams. Four, yeah. So they've got a tough stretch home, but I think... The timing has been perfect for them in in getting their guys back and putting Joe Chi back in this lineup makes them really tough because mm. um, you know you got Williams who's been he's been terrific, unbelievable yeah. for them, and he's been so fun to watch just because mm. of his energy. Yeah. Um, it's really cool seeing imports with that kind of energy mm. and and want and desire because you don't see it a whole a whole mm. lot. No. So, um, yeah, putting Chi back in and and having mm. Phoenix at full strength, yep. the way Creek's playing right mm-hmm. now as well is. Is huge and yeah, I think if they can if they can start to get some wins over these top teams, then then I'm sold on them. But uh, until then, I think there's still that little bit of an asterisk mm. next to them. Yeah, it's interesting. They haven't beaten a team in the top four since October twenty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, is, yeah, I mean, they're doing well, but they're beating the teams you probably yeah. expect them to beat. At well, the they same also time. haven't played them, so no, that you, doesn't you, help. You, you, yeah, you can't lose to a team if you don't play them no. either. Um, two more things quickly, Cody. Um, Brisbane Bullets, it looks like Sam McKinnon's going to be locked in. He's certainly now asking for the job. I yeah. just think he's waiting for the ownership to sign off on it. They've now signed their new import as well. I don't think we know a lot about Andrew White the third, but yeah. they need that extra body because they've been fighting hard since Sam took over as coach, but they are clearly you know, a little bit light personnel-wise, mm-hmm. especially since Tanner Krebs has gone out and they're still missing Tyrell Harris and Cody Statman's still out. Um, and then, yeah, they finally replaced Devondrick Walker. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's really a lot going on in Brisbane right now. Mm. Um, you know, I think the guys seem to be responding to McKinnon, yep. um, which is good because they needed someone to buy into. So if they can buy in properly, then I think they'll be okay. Again, don't know a whole lot about Andrew White the third, mm. but I think just that, like you said, that extra body. I think he's a bit of a bigger body as well. Yep. Will certainly help because they've been injury riddled, and it's mm. it's obviously been a frustrating season for them, especially with two of their main guys in in Sobey and Baines coming back from yep. long stints on the sideline. Baines is still just not right. No. Sobes has, has turned getting, a corner. He's getting back there. Yeah. He, he's starting to go get back to his old self. Um, but the big blow was Tanner Krebs. I mean, it was. He was just starting to play well and step up, and then he he goes down injured. Yeah, does a really bad ankle, yeah. and it didn't look pretty. So, hopefully, he's uh, he's back in the lineup sooner rather than later because mm. I think they need that mm. young guy with all that energy yeah. and, and confidence, and he's he's certainly filled with that. The other team still waiting for an import. The Adelaide Thirty Sixes. I I'm almost starting to think it's too late for them, even if yeah. they bring somebody in, because what we've seen over the last two weeks is that they're a little bit away off the top team. So they lost to Perth, and then they didn't look that competitive against the Phoenix, and the week before they struggled against the. The Kings and and the, and even though they beat the Taipans, it still probably wasn't a great performance. So mm-hmm. they they look like they're they're one piece short yep. of being a top team. But if you're now six and eight, is it is it too late to to make a charge? It's getting there. It's yeah. Certainly getting there. And look, I think they need 
a defensive big. I, th- I think that's what they need because, mm-hmm. look, they can score all they want. Mm-hmm. They've got enough defense in their guards with, with McCarron and Cleveland and Sunday. And Drimmick. And I think if you bring another person into the backcourt, you take away from those four yeah. guys. And I don't, I don't think you want to do that. Well, I've said this a few weeks ago. I think with Randall going out, Drimmick's just stepped up unbelievably. Absolutely and it's has. so cool to see. I, I love saying it because he's kind of had a bit of a down couple of years mm. for, for his standards, I mm. know. And to see him come in and, and be that energy guy has been awesome. Mm. And, you know, he came in being that kind of shooter scorer, but I think he's been one of the better defensively just because of his energy. Yep. But they need, like I said, they need a defensive big. Their, their bigs don't play D. Well, <laughs> Kai Soto right now is a liability yeah. defensively because teams are targeting just him. just go at him. And he, I mean, you can see how frustrated he is, but it, he just his lateral movement isn't good enough to defend no. in this league right now. No, and he's relied on his size and athleticism in the past. And in this league, that doesn't cut it. Yeah. So, and then you got you got Franks and DJ who aren't known for their defense. Well, the problem with the bigs is <laughs> the problem with the bigs is Franks is their best defender. Yeah, and yeah. he's not exactly a standout defender. No, he's not. And look, I think he holds his own, all right. Yeah, yeah. But you can see teams do just go at them. Um, mm. But look, it's yeah, it's it's certainly getting a pretty late. So if mm. they're going to bring someone in, it needs to be within the next week or so. Mm. But they kind of have just been tiptoeing around that, so I'm not sure if they're even going to bother. What is the hold-up at this point? I mean, d- did the Randall situation just catch them so off guard where yeah. they, they just weren't prepared? Possibly. Possibly. Mm. And obviously it's it's hard to try find people now. And mm. I think I did say this a few weeks ago as well. Every league in the world's already going and yep. halfway through seasons. And to, to find guys of a good calibre, they're already on teams. Mm. So it makes it hard. Mm. Um, especially if you're trying to look for, you know, an exact position and exactly what you want, it's it's tough because the the pickings are pretty slim. Marcus Lee would have been perfect. Would have been, would have been <laughs> great for them. <laughs> All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath. When we come back, we'll go through those results and see if we missed anything from round ten. Then we'll get to Matty Knight with his Player of the Year award, Scott Ninnis for the best team man. Get Damian Martin's votes in the Damo Award, and we'll then look ahead to to round eleven. Perfect. Okay, welcome back to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Let's go through the results from round 10 in the NBL, Cody, for anyone that might have missed what happened. And it started back on Thursday night. Top of the table clash this was. And apart from the fourth quarter, the Sydney Kings were pretty impressive, winning 88-81 to 81 over the New Zealand Breakers. And then second up, biggest ever win in Southeast Melbourne Phoenix history, 111-72 to 72 over, over the Illawarra Hawks. Friday night, Perth Wildcats, they, despite another... Tough rebounding night. Bryce Cotton, 32 points. Beat the Adelaide 36ers, 98 to 90. Then on Saturday, double overtime, as we've talked about. The Cairns Taipans beating the Laura Hawks, 102 to 101. And then Melbourne United, first time all season at full strength, beat the Brisbane Bullets. Then Sunday, another double header. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, too good for the Adelaide 36ers, 102 to 84. And then that game we talked about, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, incredible comeback to beat the Sydney Kings. 84 to 76. And then Monday night, it all finished off with the Perth Wildcats winning at the death over Melbourne United, 90 to 89. I feel like we've probably covered most things, Cody, but yeah. anything else jump out that you might want to want to touch on? Uh, I guess the only thing for me is the play of Thomas in this round yep. And, yep. and how different they look when he's aggressive. 
Um, I think the Cats are, are a different team when he's aggressive and Bryce is going to do his thing. Corey looks like he's going to start doing his thing, but they need that third scorer and I think yeah. Thomas can be that. And um, yeah, because he looks really good when he's aggressive. He does. Um, you're a perfect person to ask this. Um, the past week, one thing has changed in his life and his family's come to town. Yeah. Um, if you're living over the other side of the world without your family and all of a sudden your family comes to town, how much of a difference does it make? Huge. Absolutely mm. massive difference. Um, you know, it's, it's especially across the world. It, it, it's tough to be yeah. away from your family. So for them to come into town, probably just bit a bit of company for him, really, yeah. and, and a bit of, bit of taste of home. And he probably is just relaxed a bit, I think. I think that's probably the big thing for him is just relaxed and he can just now go out and just play mm. instead of worrying about things off the court now. Sure. So no, it's awesome and it, it's really good to see. Same thing happened for Shannon Scott in Cairns as well. And I want to get your thoughts on him because he, he's not somebody that gets talked about a lot. He's no. not going to probably be in an all-first team or be in the MVP discussion. But, gee, he's a great all-round player. He's yeah. such a cool head on that type ends team. He's a really good defender. Yep. He rebounds the ball well for a, 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 the point guard. Mm-hmm. He can score when he needs to. Um, he's prob- probably the most underrated player right now who's doing a lot for that type ends team. Yeah, I think when they signed him, everyone thought that he would be one of those MVP-type contender mm-hmm. players. And I think he hit the nail on the head. He's just a cool head. Yeah. He's just for that team that is so up and down <laughs> and can be so sporadic. So many of his teammates are so energetic, so yeah. enigmatic. You don't know what you're going to get out of Tajir McCall or Keanu Pinder or yeah. even Mitchell Deng. Yeah. I mean, there's so many guys full of energy. Having that cool head is... Mirko yeah. Jerick is a, yeah. a hothead as well. I mean, he, he's he's perfect. Because he's yeah. he's just so so calm. Yeah, he is, and he's just been kind of that glue guy for them. Mm. I think between him and and Hogue, just having those level heads yeah. and those guys that seem to be just it was a bit more a bit more calm, even off the court. Mm. I think has been perfect for this squad. And um, Forty's obviously done an amazing job of of recruiting and yeah. finding those guys. And but yeah, Scott's been uh, he's been really good for them and hasn't stood out like you said because he's not dropping 30 a night and mm. he's not getting 12 assists as well and mm. 10 rebounds and but he's just doing all the little things for them and, yeah. and has been really solid no he has all right cody that's been a lot to break down from this past week in the nbl and we're getting to a point where we've got a game every single day as well so yeah. it's going to get hectic moving forward but before we before we get to round 11 let's get to our awards for this week and i'll catch up with Matty knight first of all then scotty ninnis and then we'll come back sounds good Okay, back here on Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle, and we will catch up with both the Play of the Year votes from Matty Knight when we get the chance from Round 10 in the NBL, so stay tuned to our social media channels for that from the from the Nightmare. Also, the Damo Award in the Best Defensive Play. We'll get his votes as soon as we can from the one and only Damian Martin. But for now, I'm about to be joined by the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer Scott Ninnis to get... He's best team man in the NBL, the Galen winner for this week, and to get his thoughts on all things Adelaide 36ers. Okay, I'm now joined by Scott Ninnis, the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, the only man involved, of course, in every Adelaide 36ers championship, but not the weekend you were hoping to see, Scott. A couple of losses for the 36ers, it's, it's, getting, it's getting tricky. 
news on the third import. I think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks in, even though it was a win against Cairns and then losses to to Sydney, Perth and South East Melbourne is that they're probably missing missing that one piece that they need to really compete and it's probably up for debate what sort of a type of player they need but this replacement of Craig Randall's now dragged on a lot and they're I mean it's getting to the point where it's almost almost too late to, to even bring someone in. Yeah, well, you're right, mate. It's now, it's now or never, you'd, you'd have to think. And, um, you know, if you're going to bring someone in, we, we need to get them in and get them established in the team and, and help start winning games. And I personally, if it's going to happen, I think a, another ball hammer is, is what's needed. And, you know, you see what, uh, you know, see what some of these, uh, these point guards around the league do with, you know, with Sydney and the jack jumpers and, and you know, they're just coming heads. And that, that's taking nothing away from Mitch McCann, but it'd be nice to have another... Point guard type of player it doesn't even you know it could be a one two sort of guy alongside him and I think that would just straighten us out a little bit. I know there is a there is a bit of a thought that we need a we need a defensive big and, and I guess a case could be made for that as well. But you know we've got talent in the you know in the front court in, in DJ and Robert Franks. I mean you know Kaiso and, and, and Galloway in, in in his minutes and you know he can always go small and and, and move Cleveland into the four spot if necessary. So I think. Scott, what we've got you here for is to select our best team man for the NBL from round 10, thanks to Sports Card World. It's called the Galen Award in honour of the one and only Galen Young, who left us way too early. But three guys that really stood out to me from, from round 10, Scott, and I'll throw them at you and you can take a pick at your at your winner. But I think one of our criteria is winning games, and Melbourne United, they they did did almost everything right to win two games this weekend, but then they lost it in the last five seconds against the Perth Wildcats on Monday night. But they did win against Brisbane before that. So I think the difference with Shea Lee in that lineup is, is significant. I think instantly they look a much better team. So because of that, I want to throw Shea Lee in the mix this week. The other one is up in Cairns, Shannon Scott. I think he goes hugely underrated. It's a team... Full of excitement machines with Keanu Pinder and Tajir McCall and guys that play with such great energy. But Shannon Scott is the guy that's that cool head on the team. He's a good defender, a good rebounder, and a really good point guard on that team. So I think he had a, had a massive game as well against the Illawarra Hawks in that double overtime win. And I want to put him in the mix for this weekend. The other one is a man that you, sh- you saw in person in Adelaide last week as well. And his two best games in the NBL, Tayshawn Thomas for the Perth Wildcats as well. He started off with 22 points and eight rebounds in that win against Adelaide that you saw. And then Monday night against Melbourne United, he, Melbourne United, he was able to back it up with another 13 points and seven rebounds. And I think with him being that presence inside for them, the Wildcats look an instantly better team. 
So, Scott, for the Galen winner for this week, would you like to pick one of those or, or somebody else? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be like being always, always picking, man. I'd, I'd think you might have been saying, Ellie, you know, there's, I, I think that we'd seen him healthy the whole season. I think the copy's been looking at Melbourne United in a, in a completely different uh, position to where, where they are currently. And um, you're right about Shannon Scott. But uh, I think Taylor's it for me this week. I suppose it's still a two out first hand and he was, he was, Excellent and, and very, very efficient. And um, I think, you know, what you see now with the Wildcats is, is those guys starting to find their, their niche in, in, in the league. And, and the, the Wildcats are probably doing, I guess, what we would hope the 36ers were doing, you know, winning these couple of games and getting a bit of a bit of momentum happening. But unfortunately, um, that, uh, that hasn't been the case here. So oh, I think I'm going to go with Taylor this weekend and, uh, uh, yeah, developing into a very, very handy uh, addition to that squad, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Tayshawn Thomas, and congratulations to him for winning the Galen Award, is that over the past week, his family's arrived in town. So his partner and his young child have joined him in Perth, and gee, what a difference it's made. Oh, you don't, don't underestimate that either. It's, it's uh, no, no question being away from your, your family. And like you said, not, not just around the corner, you're on the other side of the world as well. So uh, I've no doubt that that's, uh, that's been a you know, really good thing for, uh, for him, and uh, you know, obviously the results back that up as well. Now, Scott, last couple of weeks we've talked about Sam McKinnon coaching the Brisbane Bullets and he couldn't have made it any clearer after their game against Melbourne United on the weekend that he wanted this coaching job for the rest of the season. Um, you know, less than 48 hours later, we found out that he wouldn't be coaching anymore and I think he had been given the ultimatum that he could only be the coach or the GM of basketball. He couldn't do both and he decided to stay with his GM role. All of a sudden, Greg Vanderjagt was appointed. I don't know if he ever knew that he was appointed and... As far as we can tell, they're still on the lookout for somebody else to actually bring in from the outside. What's going on at the Brisbane Bullets? Well, mate, from the outside looking in, it's just an absolute shambles, isn't it? It's, I think, you know, like, uh, it, it's hard not to think anything else. It's, uh, my understanding is, yeah, you know, wasn't even told, and, and you know, it came out of the pressure <laughs> before he even knew about it, and it, you just got to scratch your head and wonder, wonder what is going on. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a strange one, that's for sure. So, um, you know, I think at the start of the year, uh, you know, a lot of pundits had, uh, had Brisbane, uh, you know, very, very highly up in their, you know, uh, in their final standings. I guess when you have someone like uh, Alan Bain to add to that mix along with, you know, Sobey and, and what, you know, hopefully a couple of good imports, you, you probably would be thinking that way. But uh, um, I'm, I'm happy with the way, well, no, 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 I'm happy with the but I didn't have them in my finals contention. And uh, I don't think, uh, I really don't think that uh, anyone could have seen what's, what's happening, uh, what's, what's happening so far, that's for sure. Now, the Bullets coming to, coming to town now Saturday night, Scott. You know, whoever's coaching, whatever's going on with the Brisbane Bullets, this has to be a must-win game for the, the 36ers at 6 and 8 and then with the Jack Jumpers to come on Monday. Um, what are you hoping to see? Well, I mean, for us, it's got to be nothing nothing less than a victory. I don't think there's any way, any way of dressing this up. And, um, it, you know, it just, it just has to be. Um, you know, to, to me, almost, I'd say that almost regardless of who, who's, you know, who are we going to be playing? I think it's it's time that that you know line was drawn in the sand, and it's uh, you know we we start establishing ourselves as the team that I think we all thought uh, we would be, and I think that the team we all think we still can be. So uh, look, I would uh, you know I'd, I'd want to see that first first well, from the tip off that uh, there's there's a real hunger there, 
quite a busy time of the year for you, Scott, as, as we know, as we talked about over the last couple of years on, on Sixers Fix, and we're delighted to have you as part of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle now this season, but Christmas time, birthday time for you, holiday camp time with the 36ers, I hope you've been able to sneak in some premium wine tours as well, you've got to keep the family happy as well, we'll do our best to catch up next week, but hopefully the 36ers can give you a couple of wins to celebrate when we try and catch up next week. That'll be very nice, mate, and, and a couple of a couple of 36 holiday camps on the 21st and the 22nd next week, which are always fun with 120-odd screaming kids. So, uh, no, it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be a good few days, and uh, like I said, a couple of wins uh, really, uh, really add to that festive uh, season. Now, all the best getting through that, Scott, and we hope to catch up with you next week, and hopefully it's after a couple of those Adelaide wins for you. Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Welcome back to Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Thank you to Maddie Knight and Scott Ninnis and Damien Martin for taking care of our awards um, for round 10, Cody. Thanks for joining me once again. A um, couple of big milestones I want to get your thoughts on before we get to the preview for this week. Um, just run me through your quick thoughts. Chris Golding, 400 NBL games. His teammate, Shayili, 200 NBL games. His other teammate, Brad Newley, 300 <laughs> NBL games. And then Cam Glidden, only fitting that it's back in Perth that he'll play his... 300th NBL game when the New Zealand Breakers play the Wildcats on Friday night. What are your, your quick thoughts on the four of those? Oh, look, obviously with Melbourne, a few guys there with mm. lots of games under their yeah. belt. Um, we saw Goulding hit, his, hit the thousand threes mm. last week, um, so we didn't really get to talk about that too much, but uh, unbelievable accomplishment mm. and you know, similar to, to Buddy kicking his thousand. <laughs> yes. Like it's something that we probably won't see again. No, and just no. because of, of the, the way it's played now and the and the shorter games and well, there's no one um, currently in the league that's not even, even close. Even close. Not yeah. even close. I think the closest is still in the five hundreds, mm. I think they were talking about. So yeah, that probably won't be touched again. So um big couple of weeks for, for him and have you ever forgotten that fifty that has scored on nope. that he scored on your Sydney Kings? Not at all. <laughs> not against uh the defensive specialist in Sam Young that we had. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, certainly won't forget that anytime soon. And it seems to get brought up on the on the cast a lot. Uh, so I tend to mute it for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, look, and then um, Shay Ely obviously been unbelievable um, for his career and, and Brad Newley as well. Mm. Um, three guys that have been really good for the league for, for so long. Um, mm. So really cool to see. And then Cammy Glidden. Big fan of Cammy's. Mm. Um, love the way he plays, and and I think he's I think he's been a bit underutilized for the past few years in his career. Yeah. And to see him reach a milestone it would be really good to to see in front of his his home fans. And yeah. uh, I'll actually be in the building that night, oh, so um, it'd be cool to cool to see that. Yeah, uh, when he signed at New Zealand, I spoke to to Cam about the frustration of the mm. last two years. How he he had high hopes of going to the Phoenix and playing a big role on that team, but it never 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 quite happened. He had that one breakout game late last season where he. I think he hit six threes, and yep. then all of a sudden he was back to the back of the bench the very next game, and hardly played again. So he was hoping, at least for the for these two seasons that he signed in New Zealand to play a bigger role in the team. And funnily enough, his minutes have probably stayed around the same. But when he's on the court, he's got the full backing of Modi mm-hmm. Mayor to go out there and get it done. So he's playing with great confidence and playing a good role in this team. And more importantly, it looks like he's enjoying himself. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And it's it's something that you've obviously got to enjoy where you're playing and. We've seen it with multiple guys. Like 
the right coach for the mm. right player. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in the wrong situation for, for yourself, you know, obviously nothing against the coaches or anything like no. that. It's just the way they play and their mm. style. And some players just don't fit in that properly. Yeah. Um, end of end of his Cairns career, we saw him as the go-to guy for them. Mm. So we know he can do it. Mm. So it's um it's, it's good to see that he's uh he's stepped up a bit for New Zealand and and is playing some some good minutes for them and his confidence is back. All right, Cody, let's get into round eleven because once we get to Wednesday night, we've got a game every single day for the next few weeks to look forward to. Love so it. no break from the NBL. If you're looking for one, we'll just keep running through even <laughs> even Christmas Day, which we, we might talk about next week. What your thoughts are on on the Christmas Christmas Day game yep. as well, Cody? But um, let's get to round eleven. Wednesday night it starts. The Cairns Taipans at home to the Brisbane Bullets. The Bullets will at least have their new import available, um, but the Taipans are fighting for that top four spot. This is a, a must-win game for them. It is, and I think they've really got to stamp their authority mm. in, in this week, um, and, and especially against the Brisbane team that's a bit all over the place right now, but they are starting to play a bit better basketball. Um, but Cairns really need to knuckle down and, and get a good solid win here just to uh, kind of cement their spot a bit. Is it important for the Bullets to announce at least that Sam McKinley's locked in for the rest of the season? Do they just need to give, more importantly, the playing group that clarity of what's going to happen? Yeah, I think so. And I, I can't see them bringing in someone else. Not I, now. I, no. I don't see a point in bringing mm. someone else in. Um, it's one of those things that it's it's actually kind of surprising they've brought another player in, yes. um, especially an import. So, mm. yeah, I wouldn't expect a new coach to come in anytime soon. Mm. So I think they do need to announce that, that Sam McKinnon is going to be... Especially when Sam's making it so clear yeah. how much he wants it. He wants it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's letting it be known <laughs> yeah. so that uh, if it doesn't happen, then uh, it, it's not falling on him. No, no. Thursday night, throwdown. The fourth and final throwdown of the season. This is a big game. So Melbourne United... They can't afford to drop too many more games. I think to make the top six, you probably can only afford to lose maybe 14 games for the season. They've yep. already lost 11. Yeah. So they need to get back to winning and they need to try to bounce back from Monday night. But as we talked about, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in good form, especially against these teams below them. They just keep taking care of business. Yeah, they do. And this is always a good game. The the Vic uh, Victorian rivalry. But uh, look, I think I just Mel, uh, Southeast Melbourne are just too talented right now, mm. especially with a full squad. Um, like we've said, Melbourne are playing better basketball and we saw that against Perth, but Phoenix is kind of that step ahead right now. Mm. So, yeah, I, Melbourne need to win it, but I, I don't think they, they will. Yeah. Friday night, doubleheader. Two really interesting games. So, first of all, your two old teams doing battle again, mm. Cody, in Wollongong, the Illawarra Hawks against the Sydney Kings. The Hawks will have a chip on their shoulder about how they lost last time because they shouldn't have lost last time against them. And they did play better against Cairns, but Sydney will have a chip on their shoulder as well about what just happened to them to Tasmania. Yeah, it's just a flip of the coin on what a Hawks team shows up, mm. unfortunately, right now. And, well, I mean, look, if they're in striking distance come the fourth quarter, who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, Sydney, I think, especially after the weekend they had, kind of getting out of jail against New Zealand mm. and then just giving one away against mm. Tassie, I think it'll be a, a heck of a week on the yeah. on the training court for, well, uh, for the squad. So. Can you give some insight? After you, uh, your team throws away a game like that, what is practice like that coming it's week? It's a long film session. <laughs> yeah. It's a long film session, and that's probably just the fourth quarter. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not a fun week, mm. especially losing the way they did. Um, big turnaround. Mm. So... And, it, you know, it, it happened in two games where, like we said, they, they got a, got out of jail a bit against New Zealand and mm. 
obviously didn't against Tassie, mm. but it's it's not a pretty week for you. And I'm sure Chase Buford's got them watching plenty of film and then out on the court for, for long periods of yeah. time. So I think they'll be up and ready and I think they'll just be too much for the Hawks. Second up, Perth Wildcats and the New Zealand Breakers. So Corey Webster again against his mm-hmm. former team, as we talked about, Cam Glidden playing his 300th game. You'll be there in the building. What are you expecting? Oh, a really good game. I'm, mm. I'm hoping it's going to be a great one because it always is against these two teams mm. and it doesn't matter where they are on the ladder. And like we said in the lead up to the last game, um, or all the coverage was about, it's 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 always a great game. Yep. And I'm sure Corey will come out full mm. of confidence mm. um, doing what he did last time and then obviously having a big weekend again. But New Zealand need to get this one. Mm. I think New Zealand yeah. need to win this one and kind of solidify their spot again. Yeah. Um, very similar to Cairns and, and Sydney and a bit of a bumpy couple of weeks for them. Yeah. And they need to get back to their winning ways and, and locking up on defence. And Perth's starting to play well, though. Mm. They, they really are starting to play well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Two more games on Saturday. First up, another big game between two teams fighting over a spot in that top four. Yep. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, first home game in a while for them. So they head back home to host the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, big game because... You've got a team that is probably one of the better defensive teams in the league versus one of the better transition teams mm. in the league. So mm. this one's always a fun matchup, and there's always lots going on. And it's it's tough because you got to they've still got to guard Keanu. Mm. And and with Tassie, it's never a one on one thing. It's always team defense. Yeah. So I think they do well that way. But it's it's always a fun matchup. I think uh, I think Tassie get it done. Just the way they're playing right now, just grinding it out mm. and just getting it done over 40 minutes, not throwing haymakers at any time. Mm-hmm. It's just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and I think uh, I think they get it done. Two teams in opposite situations yeah. to those top two teams. Um, the Adelaide 36 is against the Brisbane Bullets. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Brizzy playing a bit more free now, mm. um, which is good to see. New import coming in, so it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the squad mm. this weekend tough because they're coming off a, a double header against against Cairns but look Adelaide needs this they, they have to win yeah. they have to start getting wins on the board especially against the lower teams mm. because otherwise their season's done sure. and they're, they're not making a six so uh, it's a tough one but I, I do think Adelaide get up for it um, but I think it's going to be a fairly close one actually. CJ Bruden versus Sam McKinnon in yeah. the coaching, coaching matchup as well I'm fascinated to see how they Love go. That how they go for the first time. Um, Sunday really tips off with a beauty. South East Melbourne Phoenix and the Sydney Kings, first time they've played each other this season. It's, mm. I think we'll learn a lot about both teams. We certainly will. And it's uh, it's going to be good to see Phoenix come against one of the top teams now. Mm. Um, see where they're at. Again, Sydney's bitten a bit all over the shop, as we've seen, but mm. can be so good. I'm, uh, I'm really intrigued to see this one. And mm. I've honestly got absolutely no idea who's <laughs> going to win it. I think that's a good thing. I, I think, like I said, I think we'll learn a lot about the championship credentials yeah, of, of both teams. Um, sure. Melbourne United, Illawarra Hawks then on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, just must win for Melbourne United at yeah. this point. But the Hawks can play spoilers. Yeah, they can and they have before. And um, These two teams love going to overtime too. Well, they do. They do. It's always a good game. Another <laughs> yeah. one. Another matchup that's always a really good game. And like you said, Melbourne, another must win for them. Mm. They can't afford to... Lose too many more if they really want to stay in touch with uh, with that top six. So, look, I, I think they do get it done, but uh, wouldn't hate 
more free basketball and, and another mm. overtime or two between <laughs> these two teams. No, no, it would be fantastic. Monday night, Adelaide 36ers hosting the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Tough one. Again, uh, uh, Tassie got the two big scoring teams mm. <laughs> this this uh, this round. And um, again, Adelaide, another must win for them. And they need to start winning against teams above them as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's one thing to take care of teams below them, but they need to win against those those top teams as well. well there's uh, someone in that top six they have to knock out. Exactly, exactly. So, look, I, I think I think Tassie get it done again. Like I said before, the, just the way they're playing, chipping away, um, I think defensively they'll just be too much for Adelaide. And lastly for this round, even though there's not really a gap between rounds at the moment, but no. Tuesday night, the Cairns Taipans and the Perth Wildcats. Last time the Wildcats went up to Cairns, it was Todd Lansfield's milestone night, and they blew the Taipans out of the water. Yeah. Did the Taipans hit back this time? I think they do. I think they do. Um, it's, it's just I still struggle to see who's going to guard Keanu. Mm. Um, in in that group, mm-hmm. um, and really, who's who's going to uh, guard a lot of those guys on on the Cairns team? Mm. Um, but you know, Perth playing better basketball, starting to figure it out a little bit on the defensive end. Still not the Perth Wildcats we're used to seeing, mm. but uh, I, I think Cairns get that one um, and and steady their ship a little bit. Okay, there we go, Cody. We got through a big show, plenty to talk about, and. Plenty to look forward to now for us to come back next week as well. And we'll we'll have our show leading into Christmas next week as well and leading into the Christmas Day game for the first ever time. So thank you for joining me once again. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. I'll sign off with that and leave you with the, the final say. Yeah, man, looking forward to uh, lots of basketball over these next uh, really a month. So mm. uh, looking forward to it, man.